Welcome to From the Heart with Daniel Grimm, he, him, Don Lister, she, her, and today's special guest, Jessica Livingston, a yoga teacher, mother, ex-studio owner of Wellbeing Yoga, she, her, and Lucia Cockcroft, Cockcroft. I'm so sorry, Lucia. My mouth is, my brain's moving forward, my mouth's moving backwards. I just had this vision of um, Lucia from Room of the View, which is one of my favourite films, and I kind of got, I got, I got stalled. The gears, gears clunked. Lucia Cockcroft, co-owner of Yoga at the Mill in Chelmsford, a yoga and a mindfulness teacher, and her pronouns are she/her. Today we are talking about the future of yoga studios, a subject very close to the heart of both Daniel and myself, and I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. So welcome both. Thank you. Thank you. Daniel, how are you? Let's check in, see what you are up to. How are you feeling? What's the news? I am well, thank you. I am currently packing, ready to go to Cornwall on Saturday for a week to have a week off. Going to um, St Ives, um, going to see Barbara Hepworth's house and gallery, which I know you love Barbara Hepworth Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> almost as much as I do and yeah just gotta eat lots of nice food gonna re, re, re reconnect with the sea again and start sea swimming again this year um yeah just looking forward to having a break you've just come back from a break haven't you I have I went to um a fancy pants spa called Sockwell House as they're getting a lot of call out if they want to send me another night for free then that'd be nice thanks very much <laughs> It was, I've never really been to a proper spa before and it was very, it was lovely. I properly had a good rest, reconnected with the husband, as in we spoke to each other for more than five minutes. That wasn't just about where are you going to be? Have you done this? And uh, yeah, I had a far too expensive massage. Why do spas charge three times as much as a proper massage therapist? I don't get it. Like, I know it was a really nice room, but I don't know, it was worth an extra 60 quid. But um, no, I really recommend the spa. It was lovely. And I feel um, quite um, recalibrated is the word. Although I could do with a bit of St. Ives, Daniel. I might come in your suitcase. I was researching Bar Barbara Hitworth on Pinterest last night. Oh, is she? I was going to say, you can come as long as we don't talk about work. <laughs> I was just sketching. It was my first thing free in months. And um, I got my sketchbook out and I was sketching some of her stuff. And yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I'm delighted you're having a break. You deserve it. We both deserve it. We've both been working far too hard. So, um, yeah, have a great time. Thank Jess, you. how are you? What have you been up to? I am very well. Um, what have I been up to? Well, I'm preparing to do a workshop at your studio, actually, on Saturday. So, um, yes, I've been doing some of that. I've been doing quite a bit of corporate work lately, as in going into companies, um, which I really enjoy, mainly because half the time, you know, I'm, I'm coming in as a yoga teacher talking to men in suits, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, and a real quite a challenge to um, well actually to be fair not I, I have won them round but I really enjoy that I quite enjoy going into those environments and seeing how the two can meet um, so I've been doing quite a bit of that lately and um, 
yeah, after my workshop with you guys, I shall be looking forward to doing nothing, really. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I look forward to most these days. <laughs> doing nothing. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm having a lot of thoughts around myself around uh, where do I want to put my energy and it keep no into nothing is one of the things that keeps coming up regularly yeah. <laughs> into, yeah. into as little as possible. Yeah. Lucia, what about you? What have you been up to these days? I'm looking forward to doing nothing next week because uh, on Friday I'm going down to Devon for a silent retreat. Oh, five nights. Uh, I know, so I'm really looking forward to that. And it feels like a good time to be going as well with so much sort of difficult mm -hmm. things happening in the news and just to sort of retreat from all that for a, mm -hmm. a few days. I'm really looking forward to it. And it's lovely down there in, um, not so far from where you'll be, Dan, but um, Totnes. Yeah. So, we might pass on the motorway. <laughs> I'm actually taking the train, so... I'll How are you? <laughs> really I haven't been on silent retreat for a couple of... Well, for three years, I think so. Yeah. It's a lot, where, where are you going? I think I might have been to this place. That you're oh, going Sharpham House. Sharpham. Yes, I've been, I've been on silent retreat in Sharpham House. Wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, really beautiful spot. Very peaceful. Very, I had a very profound experience there when I was there. I think there's something about entering into that silence and, and giving yourself all that space for all, all the feeling and stuff that we're holding that is, is very powerful. I think, you know, if, if, if we all had time to do it, that'd be such a, such a great thing for, for people. I hope you have a wonderful time. Let's crack on. So the future of yoga studios, my goodness, where do we begin? Daniel, let's start with you. What are you what's your first thoughts around when we speak about the future of yoga studios? We have a studio, which is a source of joy and stress in equal measure. What, what's your thought? What's your thought about the future of yoga studios? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Um, I, I, my sense is there's parts of the current yoga studio model that works and parts that feel very dated mm. or kind of almost doing things because everyone else has done them in a certain way. Mm. And I'm not necessarily sure how to shift or what to shift i found it when we went into like the the pandemic and we were forced to have to use zoom i found zoom to begin really, really it was it was really stressful you know like everybody that i think owned some form of 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 business where they were working with lots of people and then they suddenly had to jump into another way of working completely. It was very unorganized and it was kind of all sort of flying by the seat of your pants. But now sort of two years down the line, for me, having an online presence as well as a physical presence has an awful lot of benefits. So I, 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 the the, the 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 issues that I have around that are I don't know about the quality of teaching on Zoom versus being in person. That worries me. Mm. Um, however, 
there's something about the model of many yoga studios that feels to me like a lot of people get are unable to attend because of price points or because of the way that yoga is presented or you know it being very kind of you're feeling quite exclusive a lot of the time mm. and that for me feels like that's where the future needs to evolve to mm. is considering more around wider communities um but that's just my personal opinion Thank and you. maybe we can pick up on some of these things a little bit later mm. in the conversation mm. Thank you, Daniel. That's a really um, helpful opening. So let's check in with um, both Jess and Lucia. Jess, what made, what was it that made you want to open a yoga studio in the first place? Um, yeah, so when I, um, I'm not from Essex and um, I moved here um, from some Hertfordshire in London about 17 years ago. Um, and I pretty pretty soon after that started um, training to teach and really loved it and was teaching out of halls. And that's really uh, in Brentwood, all there was, that is all there was, was, was teachers in school halls and uh, community halls. And that definitely had its place. But I'd also, because I'd been in London and I'd, done, I'd started a lot of my practice up in North London, interestingly, in Bikram, first of all, which I moved on quickly, but I mean, that blew my mind. That's a whole nother story and subject, I'm sure. What other podcast that day? <laughs> lots, lots of sweaty men in pants. <laughs> anyway, um, I also had been to quite a few studios. I mean, believe it or not, I've been around long enough that I was there sort of at the opening of Tri Yoga and things like that. You know, Tri Yoga's, you know, it's been around for such a long time now. Everyone, it's like a, you know, uh, an industry stalwart. But I, I, yeah, I was there when, it, when they opened. And um, I, at that point, really liked the concept of a yoga studio because they was, it was still relatively new then. Um, and I, I really liked the idea and the notion of having the safe space that people can come to um, that wasn't in a dusty old hall or that, you know, that smelt of teenagers or, you know, all that kind of stuff that was in a place um, that was clean and could have your own, you could put your own touches on it and it would feel more like a haven and somewhere to go. Um, and really for me and it always comes down to this and that's why I've realized now having let go of the the studio and we'll, you know we can come back to that is um I wanted to create a community I just wanted to create a community and community for me um is is my number one um priority I think and have realized that I really I knew that then and I know that even more and more and more now um, and as I get older, and interestingly, you know, as we touched on before we, we started sort of going live, um, I think that the secret to maintaining good mental and emotional health and physical health is to have a strong community around you of supportive, non-judgmental people. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember who's, who... who 
said a quote recently, but they said the future is Sangha yeah. community. <laughs> well, it's now. It was TikTok, Han. Okay. Thank you, Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Um, yeah. So maybe we can come back to that whole. I'm 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 seeing lots of, of nodding heads here, so I'm sure that 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 you know we all. I'm sure we all feel the same about community, actually, but I just think it's uh, it's vital, and I think also that it's what's missing in our society. Well, I, I think it's I think it's been broken down, and I think it's been uh, it, it still hasn't been deemed as as so important to our health, and and yet I think, as I said, I think it's the most important thing. So that's what I was trying to create. And actually, that's what I did end up with was a community and a, and a pretty solid one at that, actually. And that's what gives me the joy. Um, a lot of the other stuff about running a studio didn't give me joy. <laughs> the community and the community really, really did. Thank you, Jess. That's um, so much to pick up on. But first, Lucia, what about you? What made because you're one half of a partnership of a yoga studio, that's correct, isn't it? What made you guys open your space? It was really, to be honest, entirely accidental um, because, um, similar to Jess, I've been going to try yoga and uh, Life Centre and, you know, the big studios in London before that many actually opened um, and, and loved, loved the whole studio experience. But I do... I do remember saying to my partner, Darren, um, let's never run a studio because I, I don't know why I said that. I think I had a sense of the amount of work behind the scenes with the admin admin side of things. Um, um, but there was also a part of me that was really drawn to that safe space and that, that you know, that, that sense of not going into a church hall and, you know, having a beautiful floor and um, the calming sort of space that is um, that, that can often uh, be the London studios, not only the London ones, but studios in general. But the way it happened was um, I was teaching um, in church halls in Chelmsford and uh, we just suddenly had to find for all sorts of different reasons. We had suddenly had to find a different space because the space I was in, um, they started to change the way they were working um, and we, we, we were forced to find somewhere else really quickly. So we, we found somewhere right in the middle of Chelmsford that seemed, um, it was quite small, Marshall Mill, but it seemed to fit the bill in many ways, like free parking and, um, you know, a nice calm space. And so I, I quickly took all my classes there. And then we had a couple of other teachers saying, can I rent the space as well? How much would you charge, et cetera? Um, and then a few teachers that I had been working with previously um, seemed keen to start up classes. And so we started to hire the space out and also to pay teachers directly. Um, but it really was very accidental the way, the way that it happens. Um, so it definitely wasn't part of a game plan, but it seemed to, it did work fairly well for, for a while. Um, although I, I would, as other, others have said, it's, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, but that's another story. So that's kind of how I got there. Uh, and, it, and it was, it was, it was something that was never sort of part of the game plan, but seemed to fit at, at the time. Thank you. So in terms of, you know, I alluded in my sort of opening talk about the pandemic. How did the pandemic affect you, Jess? What, what happened um, during those two years? OK, I'll, tr I'll try and be uh, summative, really. Um, 
so the Zoom thing's a really interesting one as well. And that, I think we could have a whole po podcast really about um, Zoom. Um, we, we did like many others did, um, to be fair, I, I think we did very, you know, I look back at it, I think, my God, how did we do that? Because we went straight to Zoom. We literally went straight to Zoom overnight. And I never forget it. And I'm sure my teachers, <laughs> we were just like headless chickens, like just right, like running around. I mean, I'm a bit of a technophobe at the best of times, to be fair. And thank God I had some younger teachers on the team, you know, who were much more tech savvy than me. Um, and um, we, we shifted really overnight. Um, one, I think we, we, you know, we wanted to keep going. We felt at that point also because it was the pandemic that we felt people needed support. So there was a, there was those different things, you know, going on. Um, but to be honest with you, a bit like when I first someone I remember going to the um, yoga shows, which I haven't been for years. I don't go anymore. But in my early keen days as a teacher going to yoga shows and someone's telling me to get on Facebook. And even at that point, I remember thinking, what? You know, I just didn't I didn't then I just I didn't want to be on Facebook. I had no interest whatsoever. But I realized that I, I needed to be I needed to kind of grasp these different modalities and these new ways of being. And it was the same with zoom so we did that and we did that for quite a long time and i i would say we did that pretty successfully um but i'm sure you can you would echo this as a mum that was i was homeschooling um with a dog uh with obviously my partner also at home who's like the noisiest man on the planet i love him dearly but it's incredibly noisy um and i was coming into my front room um you know teaching yoga classes and um, meditation and I could hear the dog howling behind the door and my kids arguing over who hadn't flushed the toilet and just, <laughs> just the whole thing was just yeah mad when I look back mad and I kind of and I'm really pleased that we did it um, but I I don't do the, well, I do, I do, I do just online or I do um, in person. I don't do, they call it hybrid now, don't they? And we could talk about that again. I don't do that because I found for me that it just completely fragmented my brain. I, 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 I was trying to be all things to all people and it wasn't good for me um, as a teacher. Anyway, that's another thing. I can't remember what you said now. Pandemic, yes. So my studio was always, um, it was in a gym and um, we lasted out as long as we lasted. And we thought, I remember it was about January time and I was thinking, okay, maybe we're coming to the end of it. And this was after weeks and weeks of um, trying to speak to the gym and work out what was going on. And and I'm sure like you work out how many people we could have in the studio and all the different COVID compliant things that we had to do, um, as well as trying to keep people safe. And of course, small, most studios, these are the studios, you know, outside the big ones are small spaces. And what happened to people in small spaces with, with the fact that you had to have like nearly two meters between your mats, you, you, in a business sense, you were just, I'm not gonna swear on, buggered that's swearing as well sorry not good word anyway um so yes we had we had a lot of that to contend with we went back in for a period of time and then we came obviously back out again 
And then, as I said, the January came and um, I discovered that the gym had gone bust. And that was kind of the last thread, really, I think, for me. And I, we carried on. We so I would say we sort of limped on a bit on Zoom because I think by that point as well, everyone was getting Zoom fatigue. And, and I don't blame them. You know, people wanted to get back out there if, if we could, if that was possible. Um, and by the summer, I made the decision to let go to let go of the studio really, because I, I certainly where we are in Brentwood, it's incredibly difficult and maybe see, I'd love to hear from you guys, but it's incredibly difficult to find a space that is affordable to run yoga with the amount of money that people want to pay for yoga. And I think again, that merits a whole nother podcast about what people value and what they're willing to put money downfall on and also how the yoga industry is still so equated with the fitness industry and for example a Zumba class and I'm not knocking Zumba but I think that 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 the way yoga is and it is becoming in certain areas is way beyond a fitness class um yeah I feel really strongly about that actually Absolutely. Yeah, that must have been really, really challenging to have let go of that. Yeah, well, space. The, the, the letting go was the challenging bit because, of course, that was the wrestling. And I wrestled back and forth for that for a good six months, really, because it was my baby as well. And, you know, I, I set up the first studio around here and it had been going for, for you know, eight years which is a long time and I'd invested a huge amount into it I don't mean financially I you know I mean emotionally I mean in, in just in so many ways plus I had all these teachers as well who are who I really cared for and and wanted to support and wanted to and then and all this yeah there's so many things um but the moment I let go as with letting go I felt so much better <laughs> Mm, mm. Um, and it was the right decision it was the right decision for me at that point and I've now gone back to teaching in halls and um, that's interesting um, but it's also really 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 okay and actually really great and and all of my sort of fears of people not wanting to go to those spaces were completely wrong um, they do they're really happy that I've learned that they follow you um, and, you know, there are a few things that, that could be ironed out, but um, going back to me and freeing up all that space that I used up by running the studio has meant I've gone in lots of other sort of directions now. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Lucia, how did the um, pandemic affect yoga at the mill? Um, same as Jess, we went online overnight on March the 17th. I still remember it. Um, and it was it was completely crazy. Luckily, my partner, Darren, who, who runs the studio with me is, is techie. So he, he was able to find out what to do. Uh, but I still I still remember that at that time we hadn't heard of Zoom and we had no idea what to do. So it was nuts. Um, and I remember the first Zoom class that I taught was the day after it was on the 18th of March. And um, we set it up as a conference. I, I think we hadn't quite grasped exactly how to do it. And I couldn't see any of the students. So they could just see me. 
Um, and so I felt like I was teaching into, just talking into complete black void, which in a way I was. It was really, it was such a like surreal thing. Um, we got more, like, like Jess got more used to it and fairly quickly actually. Um, and, and once we could actually see the students and we worked out how to do that, that, that was the best way forward. It, it seemed a bit more personal than just, you know, not being able to see everyone. <laughs> um, but it was odd. Uh, but at the same time, it was, it's interesting how quickly we seemed to adjust to it in a way. We did lose people um, because not everyone wants to do Zoom classes, but we didn't lose as many as we thought we would. Uh, but, it, but it was still quite a, a nail biting time because we didn't know we'd be able to keep it going or not. Um, so, yeah, so most people stayed, not everyone. And then there was a time when we, we all went back into studios, didn't we? And then we went there was a time of transition where we went back into the real world and then we had to take everything back on Zoom. I think that happened a couple of times. Can't quite remember. But I think that we, did, we didn't decide to go back in those times. We just kept everything on Zoom because it felt like too much of a risk to go back when we might then be pulled back to Zoom. So we managed to stay on Zoom. And then when the pandemic was kind of over or when we were able to go back into studios, we found that People, a lot of people were really cautious and I, uh, some of our clients wanted to stay on Zoom. I think possibly a bit, a bit unusual like that. So the net result now being that we, we have six classes back at Marshall Mill, but everything else is Zoomed still. So we have a sort of, a, you know, a, a, a two-pronged model. And those that are in, in studio, most of those, apart from one class, are hybrid. Um, so it's kind of we've turned into sort of a bit more of a mixed offering and we don't have a full time physical base anymore. We just hire the same place, but on a Thursday and a Saturday morning. So our costs are much, much less than they were before, mm -hmm. which, to be honest, has been an absolute blessing um, because everything is more man manageable financially now. Yeah. So in effect, you've kind of gone full circle back to not not having a dedicated physical yeah. space for yoga at the mill it's some something that other people use as well yeah yeah pilates teachers use it individual yoga teachers mainly pilates i think but yeah absolutely it's, it's quite different to how it was before mm, mm. Uh, but i think the admin has got much less as well yeah. um I, I, you know now I'm, i remember before three years ago spending a lot most days doing emails and stuff and, and now it's i'd say it's about 70 percent less and I think that's possibly because things are still working quite well on Zoom for the main part. But, um, you know, we don't, who knows what's going to happen in the future, future months. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, Jess and Dawn and I have both um, kept certain key classes as hybrid classes still, which actually is working quite well for, you know, our, our, the type of clients um maybe Lucia we have a similar sort of client base in that yeah. we're maybe working with people that maybe do have long-term health conditions that one feel a little bit more aware of being in public spaces with people they might still be considering shielding themselves in some way yeah. um, but you know quite a few of my clients are not your uh, or uh, are probably deemed as quite immobile compared to maybe a lot of people that would come to yoga. So for them, actually, being able to log on at home is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I've actually got a couple of clients. I've got one class on a Tuesday night where everyone online gets in bed. 
<laughs> we, do, we do relaxation yeah and they get in bed you know it's you know it's fantastic you know so many people who come to that class now are sort of like oh, i never realized that i could do this at home you know and actually having that home part has been fantastic but it certainly doesn't work i found you know i i can't teach a, a more asana based class i find it really distracting yeah. As, as you were saying, Jess, about kind of being in the studio and having to watch people at the same time on screen, it's very, very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Do you get in bed as well when you when you you should get? Oh, no, in bed. I'm in the studio, Jess. <laughs> you need to start taking your duvet and your and your stuff down into the studio. You could create a makeshift oh, I would, bed. I would do if I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking as I was listening, I think um, it's worth just saying a few words about, you know, for me, certainly setting up a studio, like you've said, all of you was about community. And and a big part of that for me was about service. My practice is very service based. So it, it isn't so much about how much money I make or I'm trying to build some kind of empire you know, I was actually, I did set up a studio about 20 years ago, about 18 years ago, and I walked away from it because the ethos was wrong for me, lost considerable funds, etc. But it just didn't matter because I thought if it's not right for me, I can't be there. I can't give it my energy. And then I taught in halls and then rented a space, did that on my own for a while. And then Daniel and I came together and it was very much about offering a practice to the community that we felt would be supportive and offer a space to people that maybe felt they couldn't go anywhere else because they didn't fit in you know maybe they were you know part of a community that they just didn't feel felt welcome or safe in uh, in a traditional yoga studio and I think one of the things we learn as we do our practice ourselves and I don't know what your thoughts on this is you know yoga is about adapt being adaptable isn't it it's about adapting to what's arising you know resting in the moment and, and really sensing into what feels compassionate for me right now. And then, you know, as we reflect that out in our teaching to, to the students, and I feel like we're in a place now which we've had to massively adapt and we're kind of come out of, hopefully come out of the pandemic, blinking into what could be a new world. And I feel very much on shifting sands. I don't quite know what that looks like anymore. I don't know for me if the future is in a studio anymore or is it in a more you know, a hybrid space? Is it, you know, in people's homes? Is it back in halls? Is it in workshops and retreats versus, you know, just a regular class timetable? I mean, I just feel like I want to keep coming back to the essence of why do I have this space and why do I do this work? And it isn't about a building. It's never about a building, is it? And actually sometimes having a, a building and all the admin and the marketing and all that that goes along with it takes me out of what I'm trying to achieve don't know what you guys think about that yeah um yeah I, I I remember thinking you know that I needed this physical space and I've really learned um that 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 is not entirely necessary However, saying all of that, it, what I mean is we, it doesn't, wouldn't need to be a full-time space. Um, I have really enjoyed, and I probably will go back to um, some form of maybe some hybrid at some point 
I'm not sure. I really, really enjoy working with people face to face. Um, there's just, for me, there's just nothing that beats that in terms of a connecting or service kind of experience. Um, however, when I listen to you in terms of, of certain clients that you have at home, that makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense to me. And I think if it's, if it's that, um, that hand that they can hold in that respect, then I think that, that we should continue with that. And I, and I agree about the adaptability. My only thing about, and, and that's really, I think, isn't it, how humans survive is our ability to adapt. Um, but I think, and forgive the pun, I see people that do in roles that are all about service and caring and so on, adapting too much and bending too much. And that's when, certainly for myself, I, I realise I have to use my practice being that I have to re-back check in with myself to see when I've adapted too much or when I've, I've given too much there. Or, for example, the hybrid scenario, I could do it. It was I was doing it. But I realised it was um, creating a tension within me, um, and that wasn't good. And that and that was never good in a in a in a teaching um, scenario. Mm. Um, and I think I do think that's a, a debate for our industry because I think we're in. The, I used to work in charities before I um, came into to the yoga world and it's very similar there because people are there they're not there for the money um you know if I was in the yoga for the money I would have <laughs> I would have given up interestingly financially I'm doing okay right now on my own um but I I see industries where where people are in it in a vocational sense um often getting quite depleted as well because we so want to care um, and we are even even within our within our industry we're, we're learning this self-care all the time um, and sometimes we can lose that doing what we do am I making sense now hopefully yeah lately I think you know I think it is a huge finger point that we need to put back into the yoga industry because actually there is a sense of the value that we put on what we do always being reduced mm. for this for the for the for the for the because of the person or the teacher who is running it always almost feeling like they have to give more than ever what they're going to get back and it's, really, it's a really interesting thing because actually, you know, you speak to quite a lot of people who maybe um, see yoga in a very different way and actually they're like, well, there shouldn't be an exchange of money about it at all. You know, actually, who's to say what the value of a yoga class is, um, which, you know, for me has been something that I've been really struggling with through lockdown is actually what, you know, what value do we put on a spiritual practice, essentially? Mm. Mm. Lucia? I think there's such an edge, isn't there? Um, it's, you know, it's such a sort of uh, murky area between 
you know, living in the real world and having to earn a living and, you know, pricing classes, for, you know, so, so that you can actually pay the bills. OK, but also um, the sort of um, the side that, that that makes you think, oh, no, this is too much to be charging or, you know, you know, and um, I, th- I don't really have an answer to, to that, but I know that most of us have to kind of, we do have to learn living, living, don't we, unless we have another sort of income stream. And I think it's quite good when people have part-time jobs or, you know, whatever, and that, that, that perhaps yoga isn't just their whole income. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, certainly for us, as studios, most of our household income. So we, we have to be very, um, I'm not particularly astute on the business side, but, but Darren is, and that's, that's, I think that's meant that we have been able to weather the storms, um, but we've needed that. And I think there's nothing also, it's, um, I don't know, I feel like it's sometimes a bit shameful to be, to, be, um, to be thinking about the business side in yoga, but actually it's really important to, to, to not think that it's something taboo and actually to make a success of a yoga business is okay. But as long as you're then treating, as long as you're doing it ethically, and with kindness and there's a real that that's something that I think is an ongoing thing you know you're paying teachers fairly for example you're making sure that community I think there's so many issues around this which is you know probably not necessarily in the scope of this but to to, to pick your way through in a way Mm. Uh, and I don't necessarily have any answers just just the experience that that we've had um, but I think that with the Zoom, with everything going on Zoom, not everything now, but a lot are still on Zoom, that sort of magnified the whole financial questions in the yoga industry because well, I don't, we, we charge very similar. We charge 10 or 11 pounds per session for um, as you know, a similar price to uh, as we would do in the studio. But I know that a lot of the industry have charged much less, three or three or four pounds or even two pounds, Darren said, through his residue, his booking system. He t- t- talks to a lot of teachers. And I just don't think that's a viable way forward. And I think there's a sense of devaluing what we're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think actually it's all about um, getting your value. And that's been a real journey for me. Um, but I, I really acknowledge just for me personally that I've, even if you were just to talk about the financial side, which it, which it doesn't matter, but if, if you were to say, if I was to sit down and look at how much I spent on my training mm-hmm. over the sort of 20 years, it's thousands and thousands. Um, and um, if I was to sort of do a return on investment, you know, and, but, but also it's about experience. And I, and I think that we, we, as, as teachers, as um, practitioners, as, you know, sort of, I think I'm a bit of a mentor these days as well. We, we have to get our value and our worth. And, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the way that society is set up is money equates to worth in our society. I, th- I really think that you, you, you put down money when you value something. Um, and um, so I think there needs to be, I personally think there needs to be a lot more re-education about what yoga teachers are actually actually do, so people really understand that. Um, and I also think yoga teachers themselves, or in our industry, need to be strong enough and brave enough to start charging more. Quite frankly, I do. I really think that. Um, and I think when we're when we're frightened, we, we stop, and then that doesn't help the rest of the industry. Um, 
And I don't think we should be ashamed of, of, of um, operating as a, as a business because that's, how, like you said, if, if you're ethical and you're caring and you're coming from um, a decent place, what is wrong with business? I am um, within the setup of what Dawn and I decided to do was we're very aware that you know we live in a part of Essex where there is a lot of polarization between people who have an exorbitant amount of money and many people who haven't even got a home haven't even got a roof over their heads and you know we we realized by putting our studio in an affluent area and the majority of people paying and being okay to pay that because that was the value that they can put on their yoga class it meant then that we was able to offer a lower cost for people to be able to come to the studio as well who may not be able to access yoga and that kind of was that was our way of sort of trying to find a balance, wasn't it, Dawn, between reaching the community who, you know, and I don't, it's not about who deserves it or has worth more, but actually maybe doesn't have access to these things because of their situation, which could be determined by a whole host of different things. And it's been really interesting when we when I've brought it up in other conversations with people, they're sort of like, well, what, 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 why do you devalue yourself so much to, 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 you know, charge such a small amount of money? But to me, it feels really important that there is access in some way, because otherwise we just create these polarities, don't we? And I think if we're doing okay, then there's always a way of looking back and helping someone up a little bit as well. And that, for me, feels like the model of where, going forwards, where I'd like to see our business going. But I can't speak for, you know, anybody else. But within me, that feels like actually that kind of sits well within the yamas and the niyamas and the sort of ethics around myself and being aware that actually, you know, I work with the LGBT community and a vast amount of those fall into that category where actually they really struggle to hold down a full-time job because they don't feel accepted by society so then they haven't got money to take care of themselves mm. you know so that kind of that cycle and me being able to support them in some way allows me to still charge the higher ticket amount for the people that can afford it yeah i think i think that's great and i think if you can work out a setup it, to do that then, you know, well done you for doing that, definitely. I think, and I think it's fair to say that whilst we, that is that was always in our model, you know, times are changing. The energy bills have doubled. Mm. And, you know, we haven't put our money up since we opened because there was a pandemic in the middle. You know, our teachers are paid very well, but haven't had a pay rise. We haven't had a, <laughs> we haven't had a pay rise ever. <laughs> and it's it, you know but again for me it was was it was never about the money but I I'm, I'm quite business-minded in that there's got to be enough mm. so you know I'm always about let's make sure because that's respectful 
isn't it? You 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 want to respect yourself, respect your landlord, respect the people you're paying your bills to. You run a business ethically as a way of mirroring to the student. A way, you know, if we show respect in our business dealings, you know, that's their experience of being around us, and perhaps something about those boundaries teaches everybody else about self-respect. My concern going forward, and I come back to this, is I don't know how affordable it is for people to continue working in a designated space because the cost of living is going through the roof. People are valuing less and less what they get given in a yoga class often. I mean, I have to say our our students are wonderful. That isn't my experience, but I hear it a lot. You know, they kind of like, I have heard people say, oh, I can get it free on YouTube. (laughs) And that really annoys me. And I have had some conversations about that you know I'm like well why aren't you supporting your local teacher you know you can afford to why aren't you going to their class or going online with them because you know what why aren't you helping that rather than some faceless person who's got a sponsorship deal on YouTube mm-hmm. and I kind of think you know what why do we do the practice you know the practice for me comes down to as I said before kindness compassion service that means a lot to me um, I've always done something else alongside it for that reason because if it had become my only income I couldn't have done that so I made a conscious choice very early on that I would do something else alongside teaching yoga and also it meant I never got burnt out you know if I teach too many classes I get bored of the sound of my own voice I get bored of the practice it just feels like I wrote you know I'm doing the same thing over and over again it's very hard for me anyway, to stay engaged in that way. Everybody's different. Some people enjoy that process. But for me, I chose to keep my foot in two camps. And then the anxiety around how much money was coming in per class was greatly reduced. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, you know, how what is the vision going forward for us all, you know, going forwards with our work, with yoga communities, with the practice. Lucia, I can see you ready to speak. I don't know. It's a really good question and important question, Donna. But I think I th- the one thing I think I do know is that we need to remain really adaptable mm-hmm. um, and open to going with the flow, or whatever that means, you know, to actually just reacting to what's happening with energy bills, with the industry changing, with Zoom still being there. Um, because it has things have changed a lot in the last couple of years with yoga studios as with everything really um one of the things that's changed as well for us is that we used to do a lot of retreats abroad um as dan knows because we used to work together a little bit on that didn't we which was wonderful we used to go to morocco a lot i mean at the height we were doing about 15 or 16 retreats a year and now that's we're down to one or two in the uk um so that's been a massive shift since the pandemic and i'm not sure like for me personally, environmentally, how I, how I sit with taking big number numbers of people out now on planes. So that's kind of, yeah, I just feel like there's a been, been a big shift, which which we're not, I've not fully absorbed and perhaps collectively we've not yet. And it's still happening. Um, but I also just wanted to, to say as well that with going back to Zoom classes, um, there are so many pros, so many cons. Um, one of the one of the positives for us has been that we've been able to cut the price of Zoom classes, not by cutting the price per se for members, but by giving them twice as many classes. So we've they pay us direct debit every six weeks, and that the prices remain the same, 
but rather than having one in-studio class, if they're online, they get two online classes, see what I mean? So the income is the same for us, only they get twice as more. And I think that's helped us to keep some people that way um, because they're getting sort of a lot more than they were, albeit on a different platform. And also the Zoom, Zoom delivery has helped us, as, as with you guys, um, deliver charity events that have been, um, have had far more people on them than we would be able to physically fit into a studio space. Like last uh, last Friday, we did an event for the British Cross in Ukraine. And uh, with, with Vicky, we're able to get about 80 people sign up. And I mean, we'd never be able to do that. We'd never be able to raise the amount of money that we did in a studio space. So I do think that Zoom has allowed much more scope within what we can do um, for, for making things accessible and for, for charity events. And that, that really sits really nicely with you know, in terms of what's comfortable on a business that, that we have to run it very strictly as a business, the studio, but we can also offer those charity events, whereas we couldn't do that before necessarily, or we wouldn't have thought of doing that before. Mm. That, yeah, Daniel. I was going to say, what I've sort of reflected and noticed happening is a lot of people seem to have moved their business onto, you know, like YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or, you know, some platform and that to me feels like maybe there's a there's an industry there that some of us are touching in on a little bit, but actually it's not really an industry that for me personally feels like something that I want to expand into much more than what we have done. But it's been interesting as well. I've noticed there's been a lot less yoga classes advertised generally around the area um which would make me suggest well of those of those people that were maybe doing that just kind of giving it up for a while that i don't know you know where 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 they're working out of and how they're working because actually you need to be a lot more connected with people to find out where they are and so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether actually it is one of those things where you've almost got to sit and sort of ride the storm for a little while and see see what comes up because there's going to be people that were maybe teaching yoga that you know they clearly loved what they were doing but maybe they've been able to let it go through the pandemic and then there's others like ourselves who have maybe felt there was a real responsibility for quite a large community of people that we've been holding where it was and particularly just for yourself you know having to literally leave your studio and 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 be somewhere else and find other places to be um the the, the effect that that's had on making people in some instances want to be even more involved in the community because they've realized how supportive it's been for them over the last two years so i get this sense there's kind of there is quite a lot of shifting happening um i mean for me the future for where i'd like to see studios moving towards is having more of a social awareness and like I've said, you know, supporting groups of people who maybe wouldn't normally come to yoga studios or, you know, I mean, the, the LGBT group that I run, um, we've decided to keep it online as well as in the studio for the time being. Um, 
because actually a lot of the community feel safer at home than they do coming out into a yoga studio. <laughs> yeah. You know, for all different reasons, you know, loads and loads of different reasons. But actually it's lovely that we can still support people in that way mm-hmm. and be able to have them all together. But we've been talking for a while, Dawn, haven't we, about, you know, other community groups that we could maybe bring into the studio, you know, what would we feel comfortable bringing in and it becoming more of a multi-use space rather than just the yoga studio. Mm. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think um, it's all about community and that's, and as we've all said, we've got to adapt. And that's the thing that's come up for me out of the pandemic is we've had two years of people feeling very isolated and afraid, but kind of, trying to find inventive and creative ways to reach out and make community, whether that be through Zoom or meetings or different different ways. And, and I think that's what we've got to think about going forwards is that we are beings that need to be in community and need leaning into each other. We need to be seen and held and supported and loved and respected and given room for our experience and our voice to be heard. And that, I don't know how that's going to look, but I'm ready for the change. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm happy for the change. And I think it's healthy to let go of past stuff because actually I feel yoga studios, frankly, in the past were elitist, white, middle-class, privileged places that I never felt welcome. Never. I've been practicing for 30 years and I, I couldn't afford try yoga or yoga campus. They were way out my budget as a single parent with children in London. It just, you know, wasn't never going to happen. My practice was on my mat at home or in it was in the um place in west kensington in the, in the bottom of a mosque there was this place we'd go to and no, it wasn't a mosque it was a hindu cultural center on underneath and it was like four pounds a class and the money was given to charity i had to seek out ways that were affordable to me and i and i think you know yoga became our business and i whilst having a business means you have to run it like a business yoga is not a business and I, and I think that's where we need to be, you know, putting our energy going forward is, is like making it accessible for everybody and making it relevant for everybody. That's the other word that feels important to me. I'm mindful of our time. Is there anything um, we could, we'll have Jess to come gonna, back? Jess, you were going to say yeah. something, wasn't you? Yeah, just I, I think also that there's a real desire um, sort of post-pandemic for people to just be free and to just rip off the shackles mm. because I think this has been the, 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 a huge uh, collective sort of suppression that's gone on for all of us and, and, I, and I say that because you know it's one of the reasons why we've been doing the wild swimming because and it's full of menopausal women essentially um, but and they're and they're all wanting to to just be free again and and that when I hear about um, you know people being at home and feeling like they need to still be at home I really think that you're offering a space for them I think that's really amazing at the same time there's something that worries me about that because it makes me it sort of I'm you know a mother of a teenager who who stayed in her room for so much of the pandemic um, and still now goes back into her room and I just I'm concerned about the, the 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 sort of the effects of the pandemic pushing people back in to their their rooms and their homes and um, disconnecting 
the, the disconnecting feel of, of the pandemic. And then of course now we're, we're, we're into to the war in terms of the news that there is now um, for everybody, which is another really frightening prospect for so many people. And of course, what does fear do? Send us all scurrying back in, you know? So I, I yes, if, if the future of, of studios is that they just become definitely more just community focused, and that, that they are able to be really clever about the way that they then operate um, in new and novel ways, which so many are because there's so many creative people out there. Um, then I'm excited about that, to be honest. I'm, you know, I'm, I get excited when I hear the work that you guys are doing, all of you, because I just think, yeah, it's amazing. And, and things like the wild swimming for me was something that, you know, I, I hated the cold when I first started that stuff. And I found it miraculous. I, I absolutely love it. Um, and, you know, I love sticking my bobble hat on and, and wearing a, a really old swimming costume and, and running in there and feeling that sort of wild abandon again, which, which yeah, uh, I think we all need. Naked swimming, that's what we're doing next. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Is it not in South End. <laughs> yeah, we know too many people. <laughs> yeah. Come up to Finton, we'll do it here. I'm coming, let's do it. I've been threatening it for years. Maybe we can do a live broadcast of the podcast with us doing naked wild yeah. swimming. <laughs> No, no, no videos. But we have to have bubble hats. <laughs> <laughs> so many bubble hats. <laughs> Listen, I, I know, Jess, you've got to go. So yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. I think there's so much more we could say. Maybe we could have a little chat to revisit. And maybe some of our listeners could, you know, drop us a line about some of the stuff they would like to hear us talk about in relation to how you see yoga studios evolving in the future. What, what would you like? What's worked for you? What's not worked for you? You know, what's your thoughts about you as a community and, and, and how, how you would like to, to use studios and yoga teachers in the future. But um, thank you so much for coming. I'm going to pass you back to Daniel. Just going to say thank you to, to Jeff and Lucia today. Would you both like to just say where people can find you in terms of websites or, or social media handles? Jess, do you want to go first? Um, yes, yes. Um, wellbeingyoga.co.uk is um, the, best, the best place to find me. I am on Instagram and Facebook as well. I don't know what my... <laughs> Just look up Wellbeing Yoga. You'll probably find it. Um, yes, that's, how to, that's the best place. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank and you, thanks Jess. so much for having me today. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Well, thank, thank you for your time. And Lucia, would you like to just let people know where you can be found? Of course, yeah. So it's yoga. It's yoga at the mill.co.uk, uh, all one word. And uh, the Zoom classes um, of the schedule, the Zoom classes and the in-studio classes are there. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And thank we're you, as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Lucia. And thank you so much for everybody listening today. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation. If there's things that you want us to um, reply to, then please do let us know. If you have anything that maybe you'd like us to talk about next time, then just drop us a message um, either to Anahata Yoga Centre or via the Apple Podcast Store. 
So until next time, thank you, Jess. Thank you, Lucia. Thank you, Dawn. And thank you for listening.